You're listening to ADHD Diversified, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, MJ, a Canadian-born Asian with ADHD. Here on ADHD Diversified, we're not just sharing stories, we're diversifying the voices, the experiences, and the way we share those stories. We know ADHD is not defined by skin color, ethnic background, or where we are on the globe. But how we navigate with our ADHD, if it gets recognized at all, can be determined by our environments, upbringing, and culture, especially in underrepresented communities. It's not just about awareness, it's about opening the conversation and turning awareness into acceptance. Because no matter who we are or where we are from, we are all allowed to ADHD in the unique ways that we do. So if you have ADHD and you're wondering where you fit in, you're in the right place. Find out more on our website at ADHDdiversified.ca. Anyway, transitions are hard, so enough with the intro and let's jump in. It's close to the end of May, which means it's still Mental Health Awareness Month. It also means it's still Asian Heritage Month. Today, my only aim is to bring some more awareness of mental health and ADHD when it comes to the cultural norms that hold us back from having a voice, particularly in Asian communities. I mean, sure, there's momentum happening with certain ethnic and cultural groups, and there is more attention to how certain groups are undiagnosed. But it's still no wonder that the lack of attention or lack of cultural awareness can and does affect the treatment, you know, of mental health issues within those communities. I mean, take me, for example. I know I'm only one person and I'm only speculating here, but I'm almost positive that if I wasn't Asian, I honestly believe there may have been some more openness or at least openness to a suggestion that there could have been something more going on than just laziness, stupidity, or defiance. Like, my teachers did say something about me being a twice-exceptional kid, but I had no idea up until within the last year that it meant being a gifted kid with some form of disability. Yay for undiagnosed ADHD, am I right? But, you know, clearly there was speculation, but nothing was done about it. I was never made aware of it either, not that I would have understood it as a kid, but it was never explained to me, so yeah, like, what else was I supposed to think? Of course, I thought I was just dumb or lazy. By default, I didn't really have a choice of the circles I grew up in, more specifically outside of school. But there was, I guess I'll call it like an inner circle or whatever. There were expectations, idealizations, and values that, you know, I really do believe now. Those cultural norms and expectations, they held me back from seeking help or, you know, talking about mental health, especially as a teen. I had no notion at all that mental health or help for it was even a thing. And for kids and teens, you know, if the adults in their lives aren't aware or even open to acknowledging their children's mental health if they do have the awareness, then who exactly advocates for them? Like, I didn't have anybody, and of course I was clueless, so I didn't know. And besides, you know, even though there are teachers and outside influences, they can only do so much. I think, too, that because certain cultural norms can hold people back, even if they have the knowledge, sometimes it's just not even spoken of. Some may feel like they're not allowed to. Some may feel ashamed to. And, you know, even if they know, 
they'll still hide it as much as they can from their communities to save face or maintain some kind of status or just avoid that stigma that exists of anything and everything that could possibly be perceived as a weakness. So without an open mind or a willingness to discuss mental health issues, how can awareness possibly be brought to the communities who don't or won't discuss them at all? It's upsetting, really, because there are certain Asian communities and family dynamics that believe any form of weakness. You know, they'll define how their children will thrive in the future. It'll define how people think they'll be able to take care of a family or take care of their elders. Or that, you know, even say if the parents or elders have mental health issues, um, there's almost a shame there that they're not equipped or able enough to be parents or leaders, even if they already are. Yup. In many Asian communities and many Asian families, having a mental illness or developmental disorder like ADHD can sometimes automatically default a person to being told that they will never be capable of being leaders. They'll never be parents or good parents. They'll never be successful or they'll never be in a relationship. They'll never get married or they'll never be loved. And that's just got to be absolutely devastating for anybody who grows up with those as values. Like... I can't even imagine how somebody would perceive themselves as anything but when that's something that's been ingrained in them for so long. I was in that boat once, and in a lot of ways, I still am. And in other cases, from what I've been told, having a mental illness is considered to be substantially worse than having a physical injury. An individual with mental illness or a developmental thing or any form of neurodiversity can make it easier for that person to become cast out or shamed or humiliated, even as far as to be called like the bad luck child or the bad luck family member. I've heard anything from like being possessed by a demon or like bad karma or saying like, oh, it's because of you, the family is cursed or worse. Gosh, like just anyone who lives with that, anyone who lives with the voices that have told them that they're the demon child or the result of bad luck or that they were born with this deficiency because they're cursed or like they're being punished or deserve it you know it's no wonder folks find it so hard to open up because at least for me anyway the stronger of a front that I could put on and like not show any weakness at least I would still be worth something within that community I've said this in past episodes that putting up that front is exhausting and trying to just fit in is exhausting so I made a really conscious decision to distance myself, you know, from anything and everything that just totally went against who I was and what I wanted to believe I could have been as a human being. And even in safe spaces, you know, it can take some time for people to become more open. And I mean, like, to really open up. Because, again, for me, part of the cultural norms that I grew up around meant being tough. It meant putting on that front. It meant not speaking up unless spoken to, and it meant you can only talk about the things you're good at and never talk about the things that you're not good at. I guess the only exception there would be like if an elder told you that you weren't good at something and then, you know, believing that they were only telling you for your own good to quote unquote knock some sense into you or whatever. So as long as it wasn't you expressing, you know, your struggles or your weaknesses, and as long as it was someone of just an authority figure who was quote-unquote knocking some sense into you, you know, you didn't speak up about the stuff that you couldn't do or the stuff that might bring shame because it wouldn't only bring shame on the person speaking up, 
but sometimes by extension, the family. And it really is no wonder, you know, because of that, that we can feel so alone sometimes. Something else I wanted to talk about is it's unfortunate, really, the perception that others have on people based on how they look or based on their race or ethnic background. You know, it does affect whether it be consciously or subconsciously and whether people even realize it or not. It can play a part in how they will interpret or assume the struggles that someone experiences or the achievements that someone manages to get. And some simply do not believe that both could possibly go hand in hand. I would almost call them the unfortunate cultural norms from within and outside those communities. You know, those things hold us back from speaking up or speaking our truths. Like, sure, okay, I'm Asian, and part of looking Asian means that people will, whether consciously or subconsciously, come to some sort of conclusion of who I am supposed to be or how I'm supposed to conduct myself, blah, 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 blah. And sure, there are stereotypes, but just because it's a stereotype doesn't mean it applies to everyone. I mean, yes, stereotypes can be a way to sort of dive into like comedy or humor or to bring awareness or I guess bridge a gap, I guess, you know, if that's something that people are into. I know I am sometimes, especially like self-deprecating humor. But stereotypes can also be dangerous in that when someone doesn't meet a positive stereotype, well, it just doesn't really help in the context of mental health. Because, um, you know, within some Asian communities, the unfortunate cultural norms that label us as rebellious or loudmouthed or delinquent, you know, those just don't help those of us who are struggling. And the perceptions of those who haven't had to live with those norms or experiences just don't understand the deeper struggles or the difficulties or any of the reasons behind them. It doesn't matter which way we explain it or how we try to adjust the environments around us. Sometimes it's as simple as an unconscious bias or because of how someone looks that it just doesn't result in any kind of understanding. It's one thing to witness it, but it's another to live with it and to experience it and to have those cultural concepts ingrained and forced in, you know, our most crucial developmental years. And not just within our own cultures and communities, but those outside who presume what another culture's, you know, what another culture dictates, quote unquote, about us. Yes, biases exist. And until we are aware of our biases, until we are willing to become aware of them, it will be considerably more challenging to come to any kind of understanding, if at all. And it takes work to try and look beyond the cultural assumptions that we're used to. You know, stereotypes. I'm still working on this and I'm still challenged myself about how my own ideas, about how I grew up and how my community saw me and how others saw me. You know, I'm, I'm still fighting with these ideas all the time, almost every day. And this one included, you know, like there's this idea that, you know, some just can't fathom at all that you can struggle and still show forms of progress or success at the same time. And for me, it's like, okay, well, if I can do this, and whenever I manage to reach some kind of goal or milestone, I doubt myself. Not in the sense that I can't do it, but my brain does go there sometimes. A lot, okay? But anyway, yeah, like, if by some miracle I do reach a milestone, then I can't possibly have any right to say that I'm struggling. 
And then I remember, you know, all the mental gymnastics and painstaking work it took me just to get there. It's a lot. It, it's unfortunate that some people just believe that if somebody is showing progress, then their difficulties or their experiences don't count or they're not valid. But, you know, mental illness, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. And in this particular context, it's like being visibly Asian and, and then whether we're in an Asian community or just trying to find our place in other communities, you know, when we are given a chance to speak up about how much we do struggle or what we struggle with, a chunk of us are then so easily dismissed and diminished because, well, it just looks like you have it all together, so you can't possibly be suffering. Ugh, it simply is not true. It took people a lot of work to get through their mental health struggles. Just because you didn't see it doesn't mean it wasn't there. And then there's the flip side. We do all these mental gymnastics and we finally get a win. And of course, we want to celebrate our victories and we want to celebrate the progress and we want to share what we've done to overcome what we were trying to get past. But then all of a sudden, it's like we're either bragging or we don't deserve to celebrate those things because it just doesn't look like we struggled. Like, ugh, no. Most of us want to share because we're excited that some, like, one of our coping mechanisms or one of the tools that we had, you know, that it worked for us. And we want to share it because we hope that it works for somebody else, too. And if only others knew just how hard we had to work to even stick to just one thing to make something work or to barely get it off the ground. Seriously, there are times, for me anyway, that it's, Sometimes it's even more painful and strenuous for me to open up about either my difficulties or the progress I've made, because in some cases, I could have explained myself until I was blue in the face, and sometimes it just didn't make a difference. And this can happen to others too. It may have even happened to you, and I know others who have experienced this. And yeah, sometimes it... Sometimes it really just doesn't make a difference. At least... Not for the ones who can't, won't, or don't seek to understand anyway. But there is hope. Because the difference, the change, the transformation, and our first steps to our own self-advocacy, it needs to start with us. And it does make a difference for us. It does make a difference for any of us and all of us no matter our ethnic background or our culture or our community or where we are, because the moment we finally get to speak our truths from the struggles and the victories and the lessons and the wins, that's when we can start finding our voice. And the moment somebody does choose to listen and somebody does choose to try to understand, it helps give us the power and the belief that we can speak up. And that's the moment that awareness can begin. Whether it's awareness of ourselves or awareness for ourselves, I want to tell you, it is possible for you to be your own advocate. You can be your own advocate and we can be our own advocates. Our difficulties are valid. Our progress is valid. Our successes and wins and victories, even with our ADHD, whatever the flavor of our ADHD is, it's all valid. And your experience is valid too. I encourage everyone to keep the conversation going. Even if it means starting the conversation with ourselves. Because finding our voice and speaking up and making change and bringing awareness first starts from within. See you next time. <laughs>
Hey friends, it's MJ again. We've come to the end of today's show, but if you're still here, thanks for hanging out. Head over to our website to find show notes and additional resources for today's episode. You can find all of that at ADHDdiversified.ca. There, you'll also find the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network, ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers, ADHD Essentials with Brendan Mahan, and Hacking Your ADHD with Will Curb. And the newest addition to the ADHD Rewired Podcast family, check out the ADHD-friendly lifestyle with Moira Maven, now available on your favorite podcast player. You can find all of us at ADHDdiversified.ca. Join me and the rest of the ADHD Rewired podcast family for a live Q&A every second Tuesday of the month. Go to ADHDrewired.com slash events to register. You can subscribe to ADHD Diversified on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite shows. If you want to support diversity and neurodiversity, share this podcast with your friends, family, and whoever you think needs to hear our message. Who knows? Maybe someone's self-advocacy just might start here. And if you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you gave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app where you can leave ratings and reviews. Remember, ADHD is not defined by skin color, ethnic background, or where we are on the globe. We all have a story. We all have a voice. And no matter who we are or where we are, we can come together to share our unique experiences. Let's keep the conversation going. Thanks again for being on this journey with me, and we'll talk to you in the next one.